Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Amy. And this is Small Town Not Small Minds. What's up? I went to a wedding that was so lovely. On summer solstice. On summer solstice, which I will say, being a teacher, going to a wedding on a Tuesday in June was difficult for me and my energy, you know? I was just wiped. But it was so lovely. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that it was so lovely was... It was so small, and yeah. I haven't been to such a small wedding. I've been to, like, air quote small weddings, but this was, like, under 50. Wow. And I felt like, though I didn't know everyone there, I had a chance to speak to every person, and I yeah. actually got time with the bride and groom, too, right? Whereas I feel like I don't always get that chance to visit with the people that you're there for Yeah. when it's a big wedding. It was so nice i was just so happy after and i don't usually get that feeling after a wedding usually i feel sad and single yeah (laughs) but this time i just felt really like full and happy so that was nice i was really impressed that you talked about the couple doing a land acknowledgement yeah that made me really happy it's indigenous people's month yeah and it was indigenous people's day too. yeah specifically the day and that like makes me really happy that they acknowledge that Yeah, we acknowledged, like, more than that, too, because it was, like, land of her husband's family that had been on there for many years, too. So we, we, like, took a moment to, like, reflect on where we were and everyone who had walked on this land before us. And it was very lovely. Oh, and I got to play the piano for the bride down the aisle, which was nerve-wracking, but also special. I love that they tasked, like, their friends with things. That sounds so cool. It's also the second evening wedding that I've been to where all the events are back to back. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. It just, it was really seamless and they put on a really good event and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was just beautiful. That's amazing. It does sound really good. Yeah. What about you? What's up? Not much. Uh, We are almost done school, so we're very excited about that and the end of season two, but uh, of course I've started a new show and it is on Prime, so if you're interested, you can check it out. I made Alex watch it, and she's beat me to the finish line already on it. Classic. <laughs> it's called The One That Got Away, and it's people from your past that come up and walk through this portal and get this opportunity to potentially date you again. Mm-hmm. And They're like misconnections from your past. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's a lot of drama, and mostly around the setup. Yes, it's set up so bizarre where, like, the people that you're courting all live in this house. And if you're, like, dating multiple people, they're all living together. And then if I'm dating you, I'm separated from everyone. So I don't spend a lot of time. Yeah, like, Love Island is way, I think, better. In terms of a dating show. Yes, in terms of a dating show. I don't know that this is is set up to be a dating show. Yeah, I was actually like, Alex, watch this, but I can't see it going beyond a season one. That was my notes, essentially, on it. And it did deliver on the drama, that's for but sure. But it really got me thinking, like, first of all, who would show up in my portal? You know, who's yes. my misconnection? So reach out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> or who would you show up for their portal? Yes. 
I could think of people I would show up more for than people that would show up for me, to be honest. Well, it's hard because to be, you like, be in to con- say what yeah. is your misconnection because you don't really necessarily exactly. know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Anyways, if you're bored, check it out. It's on Prime. Yeah. The one that got away. I kind of call it Portal, the Portal show. <laughs> yeah, it's weirdo. It um, is weird. But we should say this is our final episode yep. for season two. I Wild. can't believe we made it here. Yeah. We did. You do need to know that we will catch you in your ear holes in September. From different locations. Yes. From Victoria and Calgary. Absolutely. So, so looking um, forward to that. We'll catch you then. <laughs> Welcome this week. We have guest Landon. A few things about Landon. Four cats. It's four <laughs> too many. I do have too many cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he is one of the smartest pe- people I know. Uh, related to the family of smartest people I know. You might have listened to. So I rank third, I guess. Third? Yeah. Are you putting? <laughs> she said first, and then second is Ty. Oh, okay. yeah. And then, so I guess I rank third. Yeah, I didn't say it. Top three. <laughs> <laughs> so I rank somewhere between second and a number that is down yeah, the line. Well, three is pretty good then. <laughs> um, and then the most important thing, not the cats, not the smart thing, is Landon brought our favorite snacks. Yes, covered I have to an say, apple. no one has done that before, Landon, so you definitely get points for that. <laughs> I ate a handful of chocolate-covered almonds before this recording, yeah. so... Take notes, guests. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks You're for welcome. the snacks and being on the show. Yeah, of course. You know, long time, first time. <laughs> <laughs> long time listener, first yeah, time. That's right. <laughs> that's Beauty. awesome. Let's start with our fave question. What's the most small-town thing about you? Okay, so... I thought of on the drive down here, which, by the way, was two hours <laughs> to yes. drive down here. Made the um, journey. Yeah, uh, I thought of how I actually knew my current partner from high school, what? but n- I didn't actually know her. I, so when I was growing up, I didn't live in directly in a small town, but I was always on like acreages or or on a farm on my grandparents' farm. So that meant that I went to a small town school, okay. and so I went to a Drossen school. Um, for high school and I was actually good friends with Nicole's brother who has since passed away and it had been a number of years since I had been in contact with that family at all and (laughs) I met Nicole through tinder but and we did not recognize each other what and then before we initially met up I was like oh I think I know you Wow. (laughs) Had you, like, been to her childhood home before? Yeah, I had. (laughs) Uh, Like, her, her dad built their uh their old house and like still lives there right now and it's like this ridiculous house that is made of like corrugated metal and like he's a potter and uh does all of this art art (laughs) (laughs) no no like patrick swayze Uh, (laughs) um yeah so so uh i i unknowingly have gotten looped back into my small town relationships which is really really interesting but it's also like a nice little tie so yeah Yeah. maybe you were destined to be together (laughs) maybe so maybe so the universe was like close proximity first time and the second time through you found each other maybe so that's cool (laughs) yeah i love that i'm gonna jump off of yours because my small town story has to deal with you and your brother so I actually met your brother for the first time at a garden party in Elnora. Never met him before. Had met you before because we did a Spartan race right, yeah. and stuff. 
and I met Caleb for the first time. And then later that week, I happened to be in Edmonton and I was like drunkenly walking home from White Ave to the downtown core and Caleb passed me on his bike and I knew he was a big cyclist and I was like, hi. And it was so bizarre. Like, I don't think he even registered it was me. He just kept going. And I was like, what are the chances? I literally met this man four days ago and then run into him at our capital city, like downtown Edmonton. So I just think that the world is way more connected than we think. Yeah, so that was for my sure. small town story. I like that you said capital city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Calgary girl now, so... It's the city of champions? <laughs> yes. I love the slogans. Oh my gosh, mine's not connected to any of you. But I went to the library the other day, as I do, and I forgot my library card, which I always do, and the librarian, who I don't know her name, knew my name, and I literally cried, um, because I, that's just so nice. How does she know my name? It's beautiful, and now I'm worried that no other librarians will know my name. I've been reassuring Alex that every librarian she will ever meet will know her name. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this will happen for you everywhere She's you go. She's like, libraries all over will know your name. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can do this. I can leave this town. They have a whole network. They, like, yeah. they, they communicate. So Usually just need a phone number. It's fine. <laughs> oh, beauty. Well, okay, this episode I'm really excited because we are basically doing like a mock-up of my favorite podcast no such thing as a fish i did i find it through you maybe maybe okay it's possible i'm not entirely you sure, or but... ty one of the top yeah. three smartest people i know <laughs> told me to listen to this podcast and i've since listened to all the episodes so i'm really excited basically the three of us will each present a fact and mm-hmm. then we will just talk about these facts and go on tangents about what we learned when we looked up these facts so i'm about to um do the intro that small, like, no such thing as a fish does, but not so close. With the close. small town twist. Yeah, there you go. I was like, not so close that we would maybe get sued. Um, I don't know if we're big enough for that yet, but anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Welcome to No Such Thing as Small Minds in Small Towns. We're coming to you from a disclosed location in Alberta, my spare room. I'm sitting here with Amy Smith and Landon Cheek, and in a very particular order... Here we go, starting with Amy's fact. Oh, great. Okay, my fact is, for y'all, is the pattern. I learned this last year when I went whale sighting in Victoria. The pattern on the dorsal fin of a humpback whale is really unique. It's almost like a human fingerprint, and it helps researchers identify and catalog and monitor whale migration, their population size, sexual maturity, and behavior patterns. But it was really cool to try and spot it. So when we were on our tour, you could see the dorsal fin and they would flip up. And the photographer that was on our boat even had like charts where he was like, I think that was this one. And they had them numbered. And then it was fun to try and identify from their dorsal fin. That was really cool for me. That is really cool. It must be hard to get their fin like on the paper to like. <laughs> well, no, it's just the visual. But <laughs> <Yeah>. Good joke. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking into fingerprints in general, and this is one of those things that you hear all the time, like everybody has a unique fingerprint, right? Which, I mean, is the implication for your fact too, right? And this is the really interesting part, is more accurate for identification than DNA is. So a person's fingerprint, when you get down to the minutia of a individual forms, uh, is actually 
very identifiable to a person. Uh, if you're looking at just the vague uh, information, like just the general shape, then you can uh, one fingerprint isn't enough to identify a single person. Mm. But when you get right down to it, a set of five is actually pretty easy. And DNA has a error rate in identification of one in a billion. And fingerprints have one in 10 to the negative 37 what? in identification. So wow. it is extremely unique to a person, which is one of the most wildest things. Like you hear DNA as the identification thing. It's like, that's the yeah. end all be all. Yeah. And it's really not. It is like one in a billion is still one, at least seven other people in the world will have your same DNA, which what? is really interesting. Or at least will be... Uh, like close enough. close enough to miscategorize you. Really Sorry, I'm like laughing looking at Alex's face. <laughs> She's like blown away right now. She's like, I'm more so. Like, I feel like the glove wearing in murder scenes is overlooked so much. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, wear gloves, people, if you're gonna commit a crime. Also, yeah. there you will also see where like they will wear gloves in these shows, and then they'll just like take them off and toss them into a garbage can. That's like, yeah. right, it's like. You totally missed the point on this. <laughs> You're not hiding your fingerprints at all. Yeah. But but they need five. So. <laughs> I mean, there are five fingers in a glove. Well. <laughs> well, I was looking into just whale identification. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I want to know what the most famous humpback whale is. Because that's what you were looking at. Yes. Humpback whales. So there is one albino whale in the world named Megaloo. Uh, which is indigenous for white fella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, he's, you can look up pictures. It's like pure white. He looks almost like a beluga whale. Yes. But it's like a humpback whale. He lives whale. on the Pacific side. They talked about him oh, on this well, tour. Well. Learn so much on the tour, people. Go on a whale sighting <laughs> tour. That's and it's yeah. still alive. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. they like, were like, oh, we sometimes get sightings. They reference the whale on that tour, too. Yeah. And it's like a real treat to see I can't believe him. the whale that I talked about, you know. Yes. Is that exciting? <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's famous. <laughs> she walked in and it knew her name? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> she cried? I, <laughs> um, I also was kind of intrigued about animal identification. So uh, also used, going back to yours, as fingerprints, but like, they identify gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans, and even newly now koalas, both on their palm and feet, have similar to human yeah. as well. So they've been tracking that data. And then I, I was like, is there other things for other animals? So one, it's not fully patented just yet, but they talked about the imprints of nose of dogs oh, is yeah. being tested right now. So like... Yeah, so just like the stamping of a dog's nose can be a little bit different. But I was like, okay, this seems a little far-fetched. But now we're talking... Far-fetched. <laughs> but they said it's actually like it's not actively used right now in the system. There's still like catalog... A lot less dog crimes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I was looking up just other ways to identify animals. And I came across a website in the UK that was like how to identify different animal poop. And honestly, my favorite part was not the physical way, but these are the ways to identify the smell of badger poo. <clears throat> you can obviously recognize it by its sweet, musky smell. Of course. Ew. Classic. Who's sniffing poo? Sweet and musky? Like, I, <laughs> anyway. You bathe yourself in it. That one was not as bad as um, fox droppings, which can be distingu distinguished by a very characteristic foxy smell <laughs> what 
characteristic foxy smell. I can be identified by human smell. That's so... <laughs> That's where I'm like, what? I'm pretty sure shit smells like shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to identify poop by their smell. No. I remember being on a scat tour in grade nine when we hiked in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. I got really into it. Like, I was, like, picking up the scat and, oh, like... Really? I was I was just so fascinated that you could well, find you animals. Well, you can see like the skeleton and yeah. like the owl coolest. Poop. Yes, I was gonna say the cool was owl owl pellets. I don't know the pellets. What yeah, the pellets were super like. cool. So sorry, I can't. I'm identify. super not interested in finding out. Uh, to be honest, but uh... <laughs> I definitely threw my gloves in the garbage after, just like a murder scene. <laughs> you are gonna wash your hands after touching that, right? <laughs> Do we, like, want to talk about bird banding, too? Because I got a lot on yeah. that. Yeah, it Because is. I was like, we need to identify animals. What do I want to look up? Birds. Yes. So, on average, 1.2 million birds are banded between Canada and United States a year. Why do they ban them, though? To track migration and health okay. and things like that. But I remember, so my dad is, like, an avid hunter, and I remember one time, because they banned a lot of, um, like, geese, lots of migration patterns and stuff, and as a hunter, if you get a bird with a band, you actually, like, phone it in. Yes. I remember that being so fun. I'd be like, oh, I'm, like, I'm going to phone in the band. The coolest part is that you learn the history of the bird when you yes. get to phone mm-hmm. it in. Yes. So you get to, like, know how old the bird is, and he said that was, like, a highlight What for their him. family was like. <laughs> <laughs> What you've taken from them. Oh my god. I I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Moving on to our next fact, and that that is my fact. I saw this TED talk that was saying, so centurions, which are people that live to 100 or over, uh, number one factor that would help you become a centurion is their emphasis on personal relationships and face-to-face interactions. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was beyond things like uh, mental health, more than any of that, it's how much you interact with other people is like a predictor of your longevity of life. Yeah, not not even weight or exercise, like any of that stuff that you would classically think of as really important for physical health going forward. It was no, predictor is your social interaction. I mean, honestly, over the like pandemic that has made a whole lot of sense to me yeah right where i i've let a lot of relationships kind of like lapse just you know kind of out of convenience sometimes for good reasons uh, by others but uh you really we haven't feel seen that... landed in a while <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you really feel that uh gap mm-hmm. really eats at you i i find and i don't find myself to be a particularly like extroverted person but even as somebody who is generally pretty enclosed in it was like you could feel it uh it's kind of a hard thing to come back from like it you can feel it take a physical toll on you yeah so none of us are gonna live to 100 ah well i mean that was already kind of out of the cards for me i think (laughs) i don't know it's still a goal on my list i I want to chatty kathy over here yeah i i really want to i'm like I you actually live us all. Yeah. Well, I not that I'm like wanting to live. I just want to live to a hundred. I've never had that thought. Yeah. I just never think just to. percentage wise, you want it to be nice and even for every year that you've lived, right? <laughs> but someone told me an older person was like, everyone I know who said they wanted to live past to a hundred, you should say you want to live to a hundred one because they get close. It's like literally <laughs> like their ninety ninth birthday, and then they hit a hundred, and then shortly after die. And I was like, whoa, that's morbid. So I'm gonna tell people I want to live to hundred and two. 
Okay, and then I'm still you're a really centurion. reaching. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm a real centurion. My, my, really my great aunt actually did live to 102. That's amazing. Yeah, which was was, was pretty pretty nice. The the women on my side of the family tend to. Uh... I was gonna say Gigi. My parents met her, and they were like, "That woman will live forever." She has so much life in her at already at this age, and she just has so much to give. So I can see that. I can see that for your cheek side genetics. Cheek is his last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was looking into who the oldest people ever recorded yes. were. Uh, literally all of them are women. Uh, there's not a single male in the list. Uh, the oldest person was 122. Uh, she's Where? from France. Oh. Uh, and I did have the name. Is it Lucille Randon? No. Okay. <laughs> she's the oldest woman in the world right now, as we speak. Ah. Ooh. Yeah. At what age? She's 118. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I see that in, in the list here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, 122 is the, the oldest woman. Uh, I am terrible with French. Does some, somebody else want to pronounce that for me? Is it, which one? Calmont? Calmont? Yeah. Jean? 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 Jean Calmont? <laughs> Um, Jean, 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 Jean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so all of them are female. They have a whole other category on Wikipedia just for oldest men because they were getting singled out, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> and that is also true of the current 10 oldest living people. They're oh. all women. Uh, and they, again, on Wikipedia have another list specifically Go for women. men. But maybe they have like more emotional space or capacity for like relationships, which is relating back to your fact, too. Maybe. Because this was uh, from 2011, and it was like, what is your percent chance to live to 100? This is coming out of the UK. So if you're a male, it was 26% chance, and if you're female, it was 34% hmm. chance to be a centurion. Oh, okay. Because interesting, the fact that you shared with us was actually through the TED Talk, mm -hmm. and there was a certain Italian community yes. that was in there, and it actually differed out gender. It, it eliminated gender. It was just this community because they were so interacted with each other. They were closely, densely placed in their location, and that's they were forcibly, you know, they'd have to interact. And she said... She was talking about the grumpiness too. It's not that like everyone was positive and cheery and outgoing and charismatic. Like there were grumpy people that lived in that community, but people still really cared for them and they still saw that many people in a day that they were super connected to another, which yes. led me down the hole to like read about COVID, which you already talked about, Landon. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I'm like, did we all just shave off like years of our lives when we were living in isolation? Do you think we can like make it up? Like, if we, like, go 200%. I would like to think so. Man, I truly, I I felt like I aged double the years in the actual two, right? I, I It was at least four, it I feels. I was told COVID birthdays didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the weird thing, too, is that you kind of go in on one side and you're a particular age and you come out the other end and you're like, oh, I'm so much older, but nothing happened to me yes. <laughs> but as much as you're saying Alex like too like do you think we could make it up by like revving it I found when we went from like isolation to like when things were starting to come back it felt like a gauge just like 
being floored to the max. It was like too much emotionally because you were still worried about the pandemic yeah. during the time. It's so like it was like stimulating. It was like, like emotionally draining to though too, like to be near people again. And it like tension was high still where you were like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah. should I be wearing a mask? Should like, we all I mean, went we'll in a room. Probably enter into that stage again. Yeah. Well, and then so we got to we... talk as much as we can face to face from now until the next lockdown. We'll make everyone drive two hours to see us to record. <laughs> But is that why you drove? You're like, oh god, I gotta see them face to face or I will die. <laughs> it's it's a non-trivial amount of influence on the decision for sure. Yeah, well, we will be far away from you too, so we really do appreciate it. Yeah, but but anyways, I like I started like reading about mine went like kind of dark because I started reading a lot about loneliness and social isolation and the impact from COVID. And so actually, what they found studies that were running during the pandemic was there is an increase with loneliness and social isolation. Your increase for coronary uh, artery disease actually went up in death. It was just the mortality was much higher when you were away. So like it just more verified your fact, if anything, that studies out there were like, we need human to human contact. We need to be with people, even if we're grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) That seemed very pointed. (laughs) Verified my fact. Uh, Susan Pinker is a psychologist that... Um, yes did this research yeah yeah so up uh just the average life expectancy over time in the stage of humanity various stages of humanity and the some something that surprised me is that the life the general life expectancy across the world has dramatically increased in the last 50 years it, it's not even close uh, we're at 72 between 72 and 73 uh average life expectancy across the world right now and in 1950, it was 45 to 48. Whoa. It is a dramatic improvement. Uh, also, 70 seems so young to me to be perished. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Moira. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, but that is across the world, right? So you're, yes. you're talking like, like lower socioeconomic yes. countries and, and, and all, all of that. But uh, Is it just like medical investments? Like why? I think it's technology. It it has to be a lot of medical knowledge, right? Like yeah. there, the, and and medical technology. Yeah. Like you you have more ubiquitous access in more countries, and also just you know globalization efforts. Like we have more capacity for moving into uh, countries that are being affected by different things. I mean, if even if you look at something like uh, the pandemic, the COVID nineteen. Uh, there are certainly countries that are worse off than us and did not get the same vaccinations that we were able to get here and, and such like that. But our capacity to actually deliver those things is increased from even 50 years ago, right? Yeah, true. So Absolutely. even though the disparity is still there and there's still all of these uh, selfish things that we do in our world that are keeping those kind of medical interventions from these lower income countries and such capacity is there and it's and it is more uh, like it, it is more equal than it used to be I yeah. guess is, is is the takeaway yeah um I found uh, some of the animals that live the longest any anyone want to guess one of the animals that lives the longest sea turtles humpback oh, whale or sorry blue whale okay 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 I mean yes long lives but apparently the bowhead whale is uh the animal that lives the longest oh. which it has been found to be 200 years wow. it was like the the longest they found one living. Uh, related to that, I was semi-surprised to uh, find out that humans are actually the longest living land mammal, which I guess when you kind of think about it, no it sort of makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but I I just guess I just kind of thought that there was another 
land walking mammal Wait. out there oh, yeah. that live longer. Elephants? I was thinking yeah, elephants. elephants. Elephants are close, right? They they yeah. get to their sixties and eight and seventies, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, humans. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> wow. We're hardy emmer effers. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, moving on to our last fact, and that is Landon's. That is my fact, which is that the London Underground has its own mosquito subspecies. So mosquitoes have been found down there that are not found anywhere else except the London Underground, and they are speculated to have found their way in there and rapidly speciated themselves into becoming a completely different thing. Uh, the, when I was looking into this a little bit further, uh, I s saw that the way that they find the and study these mosquitoes is that they trap them, they see if they, they are able to lay eggs just in the enclosure, and that is how they identify them because most mosquitoes require to drink blood before they lay eggs. But okay. these mosquitoes can just lay eggs like mad, I guess. Okay. Um, and ask people ew. for tea, I guess. But. <laughs> um, and they've never figured out how to escape the underground? Apparently not. I guess, I guess they just don't survive as well outside. Like, they're, yeah. they're just suited for the environment, I suppose. Wait, so does this mean they don't bite you? No, they definitely do bite you. Okay, they just don't need to. They just don't need to in order to produce eggs. <laughs> but they choose eggs. to. They, I, I don't know enough about uh, how mosquitoes proliferate in general, but... Uh, Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my research took me. <laughs> Amy, Amy has an alternate podcast for mosquito sex life. <laughs> I do have to say, I did win a fact challenge in Mexico because I knew that mosquitoes were the largest animal that killed um, by rate and they everyone was like oh like they I don't know if they should be classified as an animal because they're an insect but I was like I mean they're on the species they list are we talked about this it's yeah in the grade one curriculum so when I won my hat I deserved that hat in front of all those children <laughs> I'd like to amend that I won the hat <laughs> That's and true. gave it to you I know but I, I won the fact challenge you won that fact but yeah, but actually that's really fascinating because um, only female mosquitoes actually need to drink blood for their eggs to develop. Mm -hmm. So that's why when I was listening to you just talk about that now, I'm like, wait a second, this subspecies doesn't even need blood to they, have their lay eggs? I believe they still require blood in order to have the gestation of the eggs happen. Okay. Uh, but they don't need them to lay them uh, like on a surface or or whatever okay uh, is my understanding which is also weird because they mosquitoes also mostly eat like nectar and plant like nectar and food just so i wonder general food if stuffs. they're just like surviving off the garbage in the subway stations like <laughs> what is happening because also in that fact you gave us it said that this is also they've noticed they started to track patterns in new york city as well and the same thing is occurring in new york city and they're dating these mosquitoes back 150 years that were starting to just isolate themselves in that area. And I was like, whoa, that is pretty prolific. Hey, I'm sucking here. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it in. <laughs> um, any guesses at the two places in the world that are completely mosquito-free? In Antarctica, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Too cold. Okay. The other one, Iceland. Okay, oh. also cold. I was looking at the New York Times article about it, and it was saying that there are, scientists don't really know. Here are some theories. There's a lot of thawing and freezing times in the year. There's three major freezing and thaw times, so maybe that is it. Uh, maybe something in the soil and the water that makes the mosquitoes not be able to tolerate it. It was a lot of just maybes that were thrown out there. 
Hmm. So you can actually live in uh, Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. 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 It's the only like habitable place in the world that doesn't have mosquitoes. Hmm. Sounds good. Uh, you sent me a video of uh, someplace that is also relatively mosquito-free, which is Disney World. They spray light uh, garlic around everywhere that mosquitoes can spawn. They give out insect repellent free to... They they also are releasing these variations of mosquitoes that can't breed properly. They do all sorts of nutso things to try and eliminate all of these mosquitoes. Even more than that, though. So, like, Joe Potter is credited for, like, the construction of most of this, like, mosquito-less Disney World. Mm. So they apparently called, like, the, the, like, draining system Potter Drains because of the way... Harry? Yeah. (laughs) 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 No, Patrick Swayze. (laughs) 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 They, like, they drain specifically. None of the water (laughs) is sitting water, so it's all moving water. The roofs drain specifically so that the mosquitoes can't lay in any standing water. Like, it is all created for mosquitoes to not be able to live there. Well, now I wonder if Disney World and Disneyland is also pumping out smells, too, that deter... This is, like, specifically Disney World. Okay. Because Florida is such a high a breeding mosquito. ground for mosquitoes. Okay. This not is actually a problem in Disneyland, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I learned this fact on No Such Thing as a Fish, that apparently... Mosquitoes hate the sound of, like, you slapping your skin. Yes, so I read that too. You can, like, deter a specific mosquito by, like, slapping your skin. Yeah. But not all mosquitoes, just the mosquitoes that hear it. For up to 24 they hours. They don't tell their friends. For <laughs> up to 24 hours? Yeah, that mosquito won't come back. Doesn't like that sound. Hmm. So there's just... I mean, that makes it a little bit terrifying because it means that there's so many mosquitoes in the area <laughs> that there's enough of them that they just keep coming back didn't because those like ones that. didn't hear. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not in Disney World, though. <laughs> Not in Disney World. <laughs> or Iceland. <laughs> All of our facts. We'll see you here next week. Not for No Such Thing as a Fish, for your regular small town, not small minds programming. And thanks for being on the show, Larry. After show... I loved this episode. I loved learning with Landon and you and even myself to do a little bit of research. Um, It just felt like we were nerding out hard, but in such an informative way because we had to back up all this data with facts and research. So I loved it. So great pick, Alex, to do this. Yeah, I like when I wanted to do this episode immediately, I was like, if we're doing it, we need to have Landon on because he'll be perfect. Yeah. And also, like, and he was, he, w- he nailed it. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no such thing as a fish is my weekly podcast. Yeah. There are no other podcasts that I wait and like, I'm waiting for it to come out with a new one. And I've listened and to, and they come out every Fridays, every Friday. Once a week. Yeah. Look at them. Your weekly podcast. Yeah. And I, like, you know when you listen to people for so long, like, you feel like you're a part of it? Yeah. So I was so excited to actually, like, get the facts, research them, sit down, pretend we're no such thing as a fish. Like, I just really felt like I was on the show. Um, And if you liked 
that go listen to no such thing as a fish because it's like 200 times like more ironed out than we did and you will learn way more you know i just even think this would be such a fun thing for a social gathering if you like you know <laughs> like a teacher but i agree i do i think you would have a such a tantalizing visit if you just all like shot a fact early on in the night we should yeah. try this one night with our friends like you know how you're just like visiting and yes. then you each had to do that i think this would be a great like you all have to come prepared with yes. the facts yeah and yeah. It, you would you would be have you played friends trivia with us um don't get confused by the name it's not okay. trivia about the show like, friends okay. it's trivia with your friends where you yes like i, I pick a topic that. yeah and then i think of five facts on but a topic. i like this better i invented friends trivia that's why i like this better <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this was so cool. So I, I think it would be a really fun get-together with, like, some of your friends and you just, like, nerd out hard in an evening. I think it would be fun with the friends that we have for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that it's the coolest thing. I would still do it. I would 100%. You are someone that plays Rage Trivia at your birthday. <laughs> so, and I don't know why I'm slamming this because I will be there. Yes, fact I was going to say. I don't know why I'm against this so bad. I don't know. I felt like I had to take a other side. I don't know. <laughs> Also, really impressed with Landon bringing us snacks. It's the first time, probably going to be the only time, but not now. Now that we've mentioned it, now we no. The never... bar has been set. <laughs> Jar of questions. Name your favorite physical attribute on yourself. I I'm gonna go. I have two. I would say I like my hair, mm-hmm. and I like my smile. Yeah. Okay. Said it like a question. Yeah, because I I was thinking I'm like I also get a lot of compliments on my voice, but that's mm-hmm. not a physical attribute, right? Right. So then I was like, mm, no, I go with smile and hair. Do you like the way that your voice sounds when you hear it back on the podcast? Like most people hate when they hear their voice, but when you hear your voice, which I agree, it's a good voice. Are you like that's a good voice, or do you still have what people have where you're like my voice sounds weird? I think it's always just weird to hear yourself back, and we hear our voices back quite a bit. I've now gotten really used to how my voice sounds yeah. like played back, but that doesn't mean that I like how it sounds, I'm just used yeah. to how it sounds. I think I've, I'm just over it, so I never really like think about it as much now, but when I listen to voice notes of myself, when I like voice note friends, yeah. that's where I'm kind of like, Amy, you sound silly, you know? Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> But as per my voice, I usually am listening to, like, the context of what I'm saying. Not so much, like, my voice where I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Right. But I get comments on that a lot. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, what are, are your favorite physical features about yourself? Yeah, I mean... Or a feature. No, I have so many. Like, <laughs> I, I literally am like, we could sit here and we could listen to everything. Oh, like a laughing? positive as- affirmation. <laughs> I love myself. I love my I hair. Do. I love my smile. That's good, I, like, I also really enjoy my hair. I love my lips. I love my hands, and I know that they're small, but I just think I just think I have nice hands. You do have hands. nice hands. Thank yeah. you. I love. They've got long nail beds, which is nice because I yeah. hate long nails. So I'll cut yeah. those bad boys short. I don't know. There's just so many. I like. I have like like freckles specifically on my arms and neck that I really like. Well, they're moles, but like those. Yeah. Watching those for cancer, you know, as you do when yeah. you're a moly gal. Moly moly. Yeah, <laughs> moly, moly. but for fun can we say what our favorite physical attribute of each other are? i would say the one and this has stood out for, for me for years for you is your eyebrows are a perfect shape they always have been you don't really do a ton of maintenance on them they're just like formation 
perfectly. Chef kiss, you know? Thank it's, you. It's amazing. And they're, they always look great. I also like how right now you're not even making eye contact with me. You're looking straight at my eyebrows. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> even like you wearing glasses, which sometimes visibly, like it yeah. blocks them. You have great eyebrows. Straight out of the womb, these bad boys were beauty. Yeah. Actually, I want to see some baby pictures to affirm that. I will. <laughs> it's hard to be a good-looking baby with eyebrows. <laughs> Actually, I've seen so many funny... That reminds me, I've seen so many funny TikToks of people drawing eyebrows on their babies because yes. they have fair hair. And then yeah. people being, like, laughing at their child. Oh, their child it being looks so confused. bizarro. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you. I love your skin. I just think you oh. have flawless skin. Even right now, you're like, I'm not wearing makeup. I'm like, are you sure there's not blush? Like, you just look, like, rosy cheeks. And your skin is perfect thank you perfect yeah nary a wrinkle to be found <laughs> that's just nothing but genetics that one yeah. so thank you i also enjoy my skin so we <laughs> want to hear it from you what is your favorite attributes of amy and i no kidding <laughs> not kidding <laughs> um what is your favorite physical attribute of yourself let's hear some self-love people yeah positive body affirmation yes yes yes